Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. In this episode, I'll be talking to Mark Paul of the Irish Times and Galway-based chef and restaurant owner JP McMahon about the government's decision to delay the reopening of indoor dining, which had been slated for July 5th. This is due to fears about the effects of the Delta variant and the possibility that it could overwhelm our hospitals and result in more than 2,000 deaths by September. As you'll hear from JP McMahon, the delay has come at a huge cost to pubs and restaurants, many of whom are just about hanging on after 16 months of restrictions. But I began by asking Mark Paul to outline the reasons for the government's decision. Well, the government and the hospitality industry and, and, and everybody else who wanted a pint or a meal um, was preparing for July the 5th. That was a date that was set out in the government's reopening plan um, for indoor dining to resume. Of course, outdoor dining and outdoor serving of drinks had resumed June the 7th. But July the 5th was seen as a, as a real red letter day for the sector. It was when everybody got back inside pubs and restaurants. But then Neffet had been, I suppose, sending up warning balloons about the Delta variant and had been sending up these warning balloons for weeks on that. Tony Holland had refer to it as a dark cloud in the horizon and indeed the numbers of that started to take off exponentially in the UK which is also well ahead of us in the vaccination stakes. So Neffet on Monday night gave recommendations to government in the form of a letter in which they recommended that the reopening of indoor dining on July the 5th should not proceed and that when it does proceed it should only proceed on the basis that people who can prove they are vaccinated or have recovered from COVID in the last nine months and have immunity can dine indoor now, this is a presented government with an enormous problem because that, that, that involves a huge volt fast in government policy. All the way through since, since early in the spring, um, the government has rejected the idea of some sort of a vaccine pass for accessing day-to-day services like going inside a bar or a restaurant. And now it seems they've got a couple of weeks to put such a system together. And so it's really landed a big mess in the government's lap. If you look at Neffet's estimations of the course of the virus, they're really dystopian. So Neffet is out in the limb as well in terms of its credibility on those. And then the hospitality the industry then is just dragged along, battered and bruised in the wake of all of this. And the industry that has been kicked up and down the street the most throughout the whole pandemic has just gotten another beating. JP McMahon, presumably you were planning, you were preparing to reopen. You've three restaurants in Galway. I presume you were preparing to reopen on July 5th. What's your reaction to this news? 
Oh, like I'm, I suppose, shocked, disappointed, um, depressed. I don't think there's enough um, uh, words. Uh, we've been planning for the last 10 weeks. As, as many people will know, or many people, maybe many people don't know. I mean, you, you can't just open a restaurant in a week. So uh, 10 weeks ago, we, we guessed the, the 29th of June, of June or the 5th of July. So we said that's going to be the date. As it got closer, we moved around a bit. So we've been planning for eight to 10 weeks, lining up staff, because an year, our mission our restaurant has been closed 18 months the other two have been closed six months so there was a lot of work to do and yeah we had people lined up we had we we had hired a new manager who uh, from Romania who had just flown in, uh, but he's bringing his whole family to Ireland, and now I have no job for him, and I I don't even know what to say to him. Uh, he's 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 quarantining in Dublin at the moment. Um, but the yeah, like I I as Mark was saying, like in March or April, I would have welcomed a vaccine pass. I would have said, yeah, I think this is the way to go. Denmark are doing it. I've I have friends, I have chef friends all over Europe, and so I include into what is happening on the ground. Around and what's working and what's not working. Matt Orlando in a mass in Copenhagen. You can't get in there unless you have um, a vaccine, a, a negative antigen test, or or you've had COVID. Mm-hmm. And that fast antigen. Uh, program they do 800 free antigen tests an hour right outside his restaurant i mean it's just in proximity you get your test you go in it seems to be working he's open since april the 22nd i think and like i would have welcomed that now then now it's just an absolute mess now i just don't know what's going on i mean even to point out even one of the contradictions like we currently can eat indoors in a hotel and so why don't you have to be vaccinated to eat in a hotel at the moment so why are Neffet only recommending restaurants and bars and not like any other uh, any other industry so like the discriminating nature of that is problematic for me um, I assume the issue is with alcohol and uh, if, they, if that is the issue then I'd rather just the government call it and be honest because we've been we've been skirting around this issue for 18 months now and like is that the issue like what is the issue if you just go in and dine or like what like what is the problem or what's the difference between sitting in this in a cinema for two hours eating popcorn and sitting in a restaurant eating i don't know tapas like there there doesn't seem to be any difference in my mind i'm not a scientist though well leo vracker in morning ireland this morning was making the point that the social distancing at play in uh, cinemas and i guess there's no alcohol either so you don't have the kind of close proximity around the table that you might have in a restaurant of four or six people um let's say are are meeting now i don't know if that washes i mean mark uh, what's your view on this Uh, jp is wondering whether alcohol is the real problem here and you know the fact that people obviously get a little bit uh, looser uh, when they have a few jars in um there's a lot of different issues at play i think here on but but certainly the, the the attitude of public health authorities towards alcohol and the consumption of alcohol and how it influences people's behavior is definitely a factor it clearly is if you cast your mind back um to the very very beginning of the pandemic march 2020 um all the events all over the country were being cancelled um, um events in, the, in 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 you know any large gathering of people and any international movement people was all being cancelled except for one event which was held in Dublin Castle in the second week um, of, uh, of of March um, it was opened by the Minister for Health Simon Harrison sitting in the front row um, um, was the Chief Medical Officer Tony Holan um, 
um, um, and that was the Global Alcohol Policy Conference, which is an al- anti-alcohol industry conference c- conference um, um, of medical professionals. And that was in the second week in March. And about two days before that conference, um, at a press conference, at a Nefer press conference, um, Tony Holham was challenged on this. And he was told, listen, this conference is going ahead. Um, and you're cancelling everything else in the country. You've just canceled St. Patrick's Day. But there's hundreds of doctors from all over the world coming to Dublin to discuss how to defeat the alcohol industry. And he said he thought it was a good conference and he'd be sitting in the front row. Um, so I think that that attitude, I think, and not just to personalise it on Tony Holham, but, but, but from public health, he's a public health doctor. Public health doctors have a problem with alcohol consumption. They tend to. Um, and I think that attitude has permeated through at various times. I mean, last summer we had that absolutely farcical distinction between um, wet pubs and dry pubs. If you sold a nine euro meal, um, um, suddenly you were a dry pub, but if you only sold tato, you were a wet pub. There is, a, 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 I think, a distrust at um, official level in terms of the public health authorities and how people behave themselves when they got a few drinks in them. And look, let's be honest, there might be some reason for that distrust. I mean, look, you, you know, we've all seen people behave with alcohol in them, you know, arms slung over each other's shoulders, whispering and shouting and telling jokes in each other's ears. And people's behavior does change with alcohol in them. The, the question then comes, to what extent do you trust the industry um, to try and address these issues? And what do you look at, to, to what extent do you look at how other countries have addressed these issues? Irish, Irish people sometimes like to think of themselves as having a special relationship with alcohol. But look, other countries drink too. And they've managed to get around these issues. Um, MJP mentioned antigen testing, uh, you know, at, going into restaurants. Um, um, the issue of ventilation was never really properly looked at last year. They started to make a little bit more noise about it this year and the advice given to the industry. But look, it, it, we, we were all washing our hands like lunatics last year, using hand sanitizer, turning distilleries into, into alcohol, um, hand sanitizing factories. What we really should have been doing was drilling into the, into the hospitality industry and to everybody else um, was ventilation. You need to have all your windows open. You need to have CO2 detectors inside your restaurant that should be a legal requirement not you know um uh, not 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 some of the other rules and requirements that have been put in front of the industry there should be a lot more done in terms of ventilation and that's how other countries are addressing this of course, the last six weeks or so, um, the, go- the government has really gotten a pass from above in terms of the weather. Um, because if the weather had been bad over the last six weeks, the hospitality industry would be like a militant army, I think, at the moment. Uh, I-, I think they got some sort of a um, um, respite from the weather, which has allowed some indoor dining. But look, um, um, you know, just to, on that issue of alcohol, uh, just around it all up, it is a factor, but there are other factors, I think. Yeah, sure. JP, just to take us through your reopening plans. You have uh, three restaurants in, in Galway, which I mentioned, Cafe uh, Gavel Bodega, Tartar and uh, Anir. Were you planning to reopen the three of them? Yeah, um, we on the 5th, we had, uh, I mean, Tartar is open. Uh, Tartar and Cav are open for takeaway and a small number. We have eight seats outside. So it's like a little token gesture. So they're open. Cav is open five days. Tartar is open seven for a cafe and it's open a few nights. Anir was due to reopen on the 5th of July. Uh, um, and we, I suppose we had bookings out. We were short a few staff, but we were going ahead with, um, with the, the, th- the three restaurants. So like even just to, uh, to, I suppose to, to explain it, like even just in Cava alone, we have 2000 bookings to cancel until the, until the 19th of July. And I was just doing rough figures. It's about 40 euro a spend per head in Cava. That's 80,000 euro. Like there are two and a half thousand restaurants in Ireland 
one in uh, four, one in five are, are only open. So like that's the guts of is it 160 million or something? That, that and I like I'm also thinking about the economy. I mean, of course, health and everything else comes in, but that is money that we are not going to see again. And the in Galway, as I mean, maybe Mark hasn't been to Galway in the last few weeks, but we weren't as blessed with the weather. <laughs> and um, I was in Dublin one day, and it was like Mallorca, and then I drove back to Galway, and it was like I don't know, it's like uh, you know, uh, Arctic. And um, so it's been up and down, but um, I, I just just it's we have people to ring now. People want the outside tables. We can't accommodate them. It's like I feel bad for the customers. I feel bad for us. I feel bad for our brand. Like it's like it's an absolute mess. People are putting on Twitter that they've cancelled uh, four hotels, six restaurants, and they're off to Portugal. And I, I, I feel I, I feel that they have no option. But I feel really sad because it's we we did this to ourselves. I mean, the government have not been strong enough in terms of leadership. And, and they they really should have led and, of course, taken advice from Neffet and balanced things out. But I think by going with the, the public health view, they have cut off every other limb. And, uh, and and that's what they're left with now. And I honestly think that the only there's only two options in this. The option this the government has to renege on it uh, or, or they have to just say, we're sorry, we made a mistake. And uh, whether, as Mark says, OK, we have to get ventilation or something, which I'd have no problem doing. Uh, I mean, it would be a bit of a rush, but uh, or I honestly think there has to be a general election because I, I and I know that sounds extreme, but like the government like are uh, have no mandate anymore, especially from 200,000 people in hospitality and everyone who has cancelled a restaurant. So I, I don't they're just free floating. And uh, now we have no date. We have possibly the 19th. They'll come and talk to us. I suspect it will be after the August bank holiday will be allowed to open. So they'll tell us on the 19th what new things we have to do I don't think they'll be able to do the vaccine thing because like we, we don't even have a vaccine cert we have a card that you get I'm vaccinated twice now you get a card like something from the 1950s like that's been written on like they're easily duplicated um, and I think that what this does is again and I, I sound like a, um, uh, an old record but it just exposes our health system and if it keeps on going back to our health system, then we should have been doing something over the last 18 months to, to, to mind our health system. Uh, Mark, how realistic is it uh, for a reopening on July 19th and to have this um, vaccine pass in place by then? The hospitality industry won't reopen on July the 19th with a vaccine pass. It's simply impossible. Um, um, vaccine passes, where they have worked to a degree, haven't worked necessarily. In Denmark, perhaps it's worked in, in, in terms of getting people in and out of restaurants. But in Israel, for example... The real purpose of the vaccine pass there was to encourage people to get vaccinated. It was a coercive tool to encourage young people. Um, and look, you can't, you can't have a life. You can't go to a football stadium. You can't go for a beer. You can't meet your friends in a restaurant unless you get this green pass, as they call it. Um, and, and what they found was, um, after they started implementing the system in Israel, it was helping to get, uh, to encourage people to get vaccinated. But really most restaurants and bars weren't paying much attention to it. And it didn't really matter if you were vaccinated or not. You were let in. Um, and they seem to be a bit more assiduous about it in Denmark, as, as Northern Europeans tend to be uh, about these kind of things. Um, um, in Ireland, I'm not sure we have those kind of Northern European sensibilities. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, we've all gotten late points. We've all been at lock-ins. You know, we, you know, we have a, a slightly, um, um, maybe a more Mediterranean view towards rule breaking in this country. Um, um, I can't see a vaccine pass working from that point of view, but I'm absolutely astonished 
astonished that there was no contingency planning for this and that they didn't have one ready to go just in case they needed it. Um, it would have been a good idea uh, months ago. I mean, I remember writing a column back in, it was before St. Patrick's Day. It was, it was, it was in the second week of March saying they need to do a vaccine pass to save the industry. Because just looking ahead, it's the only way when people are vaccinated, it's the only way that Irish public health authorities um, um, are going to be settled about people congregating in large numbers. Um, and they chose not to do it, I think, for very, very, very good political reasons. Um, um, and we sort of sometimes we, when we're criticising the government from all angles, we forget that they're juggling a lot of balls and that they that they some they sometimes have to trot a path that is not necessarily a perfect path, but is the the, the, the least worst path. Um, and I think the government calculated politically that if they were to introduce a vaccine pass that early in the vaccination program, that it would give energy and strength and 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 political motivation to the anti vaccination campaign, the sort of headbangers who were um, um, rioting at the top of Grafton Street a couple of months ago. Um, and they didn't want to give those people any succor, um, um, and 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 they didn't want to give them any fuel, so they decided not to do a vaccine pass. Um, um, so introducing it this late into the into the into the vaccination rollout, um, as I said, I don't think they'll. And I would agree with JP. I don't think they will ever get it off the ground, and I don't think they they seriously want to get it off the ground. It's like mandatory hotel quarantine in a sense. It's a policy that the government doesn't believe in, and if the government doesn't believe in a policy, um, it'll implement it our ways, um, as it has done with uh, with mandatory hotel quarantine. Um, so I, I'd agree with JP. I don't think it's going to happen. It might help to get um, um, people vaccinated um, and uh, and young people to go to the top of the queue for vaccination. Um, and it might work as that kind of a coercive tool. It might be the last little bit of um, motivation that young people need, um, 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 you know, as there's a, a further stream of Janssen and, and, and um and AstraZeneca vaccines. Um, so look, hopefully it'll work in that sense, but I can't see indoor dining in any shape, way, shape or form in Ireland before the August bank holiday weekend at the earliest and, uh, and, and, and possibly later than that. Yeah, and and just to just to respond to to Mark there, um, like as as like I don't think we'd be able to implement a vaccine pass even at the moment with indoor dining in hotels. Well, we can't even police that. Like it's only supposed to be residents. And I, there's a handful of, I mean, I'm sure there's more than a handful. There's a handful of hotels I know that are just open <laughs> and you can just go in and you can have your breakfast because there's no policing. Who, who is going to police this? And, and so at the moment, like we do have indoor dining in hotels, uh, particularly in, in, uh, in rural areas where, of course, if, if it's not going to be policed, the people are going to go in and go, sure, I can have my dinner. JP, last year you were, you were writing about how you weren't happy at being asked to, police uh, American bookings and, you know, turning uh, Americans away or, you know, uh, sort of saying to them, listen, have you quarantined yourself or where have you come from and uh, when did you arrive in Ireland and all that kind of stuff. Um, how happy would you be to police this kind of a, an arrangement where people have to be vaccinated and have to show you a pass? Like, I mean, in in theory, I don't have any problem. I mean, uh, as as Mark said, I don't think it will work because I think like the Danish are, are, or the Nordics have a different mentality to us. They, they generally follow the law a little bit better. Um, perhaps it's due to our colonization. I'm not too sure. But the like, if even if I do it in an ear, I have 20 seats. Is a pub going to be able to do that? Bring in 200 people? Is who's going? Is it going to be the bouncer? Is he going to let in like four people in one family who have a pass and one guy who does? 
wasn't. Who's going to go in and check? Is there the guards going to go in and stop everything and say, "Where can I have all your vaccine passes?" Like the Gestapo. Like I don't think we we don't even have a police force like that. Uh, our police force are very hands off, which is not not a bad thing. I mean, it, I think it would work in in Eastern Europe, in Hungary, Romania, Poland, where there, there is a different relationship, and I don't mean that negatively, but there is a different relationship. Uh, we had a chef go back to Poland where the guards uh, were every single day at his apartment to make sure he was quarantining. We don't have that in Ireland. Yeah. JP, how many of your staff are vaccinated or do you know? Um, I Let me see off the top of my head. I would say... Um, I'd say less than 10. I mean, those of us who are over 40 or say over 37, anyone anyone under that. So like most of them, I'd say 70% will not be vaccinated because they're just in the category of say 20 to 22 to 30. And also we didn't, there was no kind of frontline hospitality retail. Oh, we need to vaccinate these people because they're in the frontline. I think it's, I think it's too late to do that now because now what do you do to all the 50 and 60 year olds who are waiting their second dose? Do you tell them to wait? The Delta variant's coming. Like it is absolute, like it's an absolute mess. Like I just, I, I, I can't even get my head around the balls that are in the air in terms of trying to get hospitality open. Whereas I think we should just be open ventilation and uh, we should just get on with it. I do think Netflix modeling is uh, is absolutely outrageous in terms of its uh, relationship to reality. And I think that absolutely needs to be looked at by the, the EU. And I like maybe the only people that can save us is that they are the EU. You know, I mean, I, I, it, I will it come down to the high court, to the EU court where restaurants will say, why are we closed when other places, other indoor spaces are open? And I, I just hope someone in the EU saves us because I can't see our government saving us. Yeah, Mark, it's hard to, hard to imagine the EU um, save, saving us on, on that point. Um, just in terms of the modelling, Leo Varadkar was saying, I think he, he mentioned this morning that there were four scenarios laid out uh, for the government. And in the worst case, Neffet was warning that the Delta variant could cause, you know, I think it's 2,170 deaths uh, out to September. You know, the government has to take this sort of stuff seriously, doesn't it? I mean, that's a lot of deaths. As somebody who likes to venture into bars and restaurants, I was deeply disappointed with the decision yesterday. Um, um, you know, as somebody who writes opinion columns, there are criticisms you can make at government. As somebody who 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 um, uh, has has deep feelings for the hospitality industry, having worked for it for so many years, I was sort of angry from that point of view. But I can see why the government made the decision that it made with the figures that were put in front of it. Um, Neffet's most um, pessimistic scenario, which was for high um, transmission of the virus with high social mixing, which isn't going to happen now because the restaurant industry and pubs aren't reopening. That suggested over 700,000 cases um, of, of, of the Delta variant between July and September. Now, we've only had about 275,000 um, so far during the entire pandemic. Um, so it will be more than twice what we've had. So, yeah, I, I do think you can ask questions about Neffet's modelling. And that's why I think Neffet is out on a limb a little bit with this. Um, um, but it, it all comes back to one thing politically for the government and, and also from an ethical point of view. And it comes back to what happened at Christmas. Um, and, and look, I was one of those people and, and I certainly wasn't alone who said, look, we should just open up at Christmas. Businesses are dying. We should open up, open up. Everything will be fine. Other countries are doing it. Um, um, now, what people like me and people who were making those calls didn't factor in at that time 
was that unbeknownst to us, there was a new variant of the virus, the UK variant or the Kent variant, as, was, as it was then now known, now known as the Alpha variant, that it was coming into view. And that, combined with international travel, combined with indoor dining, combined with the fact that it was winter, produced this explosion of cases um, in January. And the government remains politically scarred by that. And the country, I think, remains um, scarred by that. I mean, um, and thousands of people, you know, well over a thousand people died in January. Um, and, and that is not to lay all of the blame for that at the hospitality industry or the, or, 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 or the indoor dining decision. Um, the government really, at Christmas time, only varied from, from Neffet's advice for six days. Um, and there was an, Neffet said you, you can either have indoor dining or you can have people visiting each other in each other's homes. You can't have both. And they actually only overlapped for six days. Um, um, but it was certainly a contributory factor. And, and, and um, I do think... I, I, I do think, you know, for an industry that has suffered so much and that has lost so much and, and, and that has been uh, so battered and bruised by all of this, I would also advise the hospitality industry, um, 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 not to just rush headlong into just demanding reopening. Because if there is another problem with the Delta variant, um, um, guess what will get the blame? Indoor dining. And I think to have that happen once, um, um, and, you know, the industry shook it off. And I think people knew it was the UK variant. It wasn't just the hospitality industry and it wasn't just lobbying by the hospitality sector. But if it happened a second time, Kieran, I do think it would. The government certainly wouldn't survive. Um, um, and I do think that the hospitality industry um, would, 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 would maybe be viewed a different way by the public. Um, nobody in the hospitality industry, whether they're restaurateurs, chefs or restaurateurs like JP, whether they're publicans, um, um, nobody wants to harm their own customers. And they're in the business of looking after people. And um, that's what hospitality is. You look after people. You don't want your, your customers to get sick. But it is a fact. It is an absolute scientific fact that breathing infected air causes um, 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 further transmission of the virus. Um, now, you can obviously other countries have learned how to deal with these issues through um, better ventilation, through the use of antigen testing. Um, and all sorts of measures that we just haven't implemented properly here. Um, and we should have implemented those measures properly. There should have been a vaccine passed. There should have been CO3, CO2 monitors for restaurants. There should have been grants to put, you know, more windows in or, 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 or better ventilation, but there wasn't. So we have to deal with where we are right now. And when Neffet, I think, puts forward, um, 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 uh, modeling that suggests that thousands of people could potentially die in the worst case scenario, I do think the government has to act, but there also has to be an implicit bargain in this. I think as well. If the government is, is literally going to kick the hospitality industry up the backside again, well, then they need to open the kitty um, and they need to give these businesses money to see them through. There are a lot of restaurants and bars that may never reopen again. There are a lot of restaurants and bars that probably shouldn't reopen again and will be dead by now if it weren't um, 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 for, for, for state subsidies. But there are a lot of vibrant um, 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 and innovative uh, hospitality businesses that are going to come out of this that are going to need an awful lot of help. And they're going to need more help than shops get, than hairdressers get, and all those other businesses that are reopened get. Um, and there needs to be a specific package um, um, of cash for the hospitality industry itself to get it through and to get these businesses not just through reopening and through the autumn, but they have to get them through the next winter and have them ready for the next tourism season in 2022 when hopefully there'll be some semblance of normality and to give these guys a chance to trade. JP, is, is summer effectively over now for you? I nearly. Uh, like a week in July is is a month in a month in the winter. So, I mean, if we lose July, it's I suppose it's four months uh, effectively that we uh, that we would uh, need. I mean, the even in Cava alone, which is our busiest restaurant, like the... Pre- half the profit of Cava would come from July and August and the other half would come from the other 10 months. So that's just to put it into folks. Now, not every uh, city is like that, but 
Yeah, like it is a sobering. I agree with a lot of a lot of what Mark says. I mean, we don't want to be bitten again, but I suppose ultimately it comes down to a level playing field. And if if we if hospitality is going to be closed and the government need to make a call on indoor dining in hotels, I mean, I, I, I it, it's not logical. If you can get it in one I, one place, you can't get in another. And I think that's one of my biggest gripes. Is um, one of my biggest gripes is with uh, is with that. Um, but again, I like I just don't know. And as Mark said, places won't open. I'm not sure. Like we have two very small places, like Anir and Tartar are very small. Like I'm not sure if Anir will open again. It's a 20 seater like restaurant that has a Michelin star that depends on usually depends on 80% tourism. So who knows where this is going? Um, but uh, look, uh, I'm a realist at the end of the day, and we just have to do what we have to do and, and get on with it. I think that I don't know if money will solve the issue because the, the waiting game is, is getting longer and longer and we're losing people to the industry. And I don't know how much more money you can throw at us. I mean, we're losing a small bit of money at the moment, but we're not like hemorrhaging cash, whereas some places in Dublin with higher rents and that are. We're lucky in, in Galway to have to have a better balance. But um, yeah, like there is no easy way out, but I, I suppose dialogue with the government and a bit more transparency I, I hope uh, is uh, is what's going to happen, and then uh, hopefully we'll get there. And JP, have you uh, have you done something on the ventilation issue? Have you put in extra windows, or have you put in ventilation systems? Or no, not at all. I mean, it hasn't been it hasn't been an issue. Uh, I see Damien and Leah had put, had installed one. I mean, there's no issue there. Um, I suppose we we had the doors open, and we have like I suppose adequate windows and that, and. Uh, there was uh, there was aircon in the in the restaurant and that so I mean the restaurant last year I, I distinctly remember was quite cool in the sense that the door was permanently open and the the air the the air was free flowing so um there was ne- there wasn't any issue there but yeah like I do think that uh, uh, the government possibly should have invested in giving us CO two monitors I mean there's enough uh, grants being thrown around. Uh, I still think antigen testing sh- should still be used. And I, I don't know how we can get NEFA to do a U-turn on that, but I think that's the best scenario is free is rapid free antigen testing centers where you go in. Uh, like it seems to be working. And then then if you, you can't get into a pub or restaurant without a negative antigen, it gets rid of the vaccination and who's vaccinated and all that. It's very inexpensive. And I think I wouldn't have any problem with that. And of course, if you get a false positive, okay, you don't get to go to a restaurant and you don't have it. Like, but it is going to catch people who are very infectious. And I think that it would possibly allow us to open. Yeah. Um, Mark, if it turns out that the Delta variant, you know, we, we don't get very many cases, we don't get many hospitalizations, hopefully we don't get very many uh, deaths. What do you think the political fallout uh, might be for the government? Well, I think, I think the initial, if... If if it if it looks like if if a narrative can be created can be can be um, pursued to show that perhaps Neffet panicked, I think the fallout um, for the government will be less, and it'll be on Neffet first in terms of its public credibility. Um, um, look, the, 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 will there be huge fallout for the government? I think once things get do get reopened and the economy gets moving again, people tend to forget their gripes and focus on what's on ahead of them. People try not to remember pain and they try to look uh, at what's ahead. Um, but I do think that's an optimistic scenario, Karen. I don't. I I don't know if there's anything statistically. Look, I'm not a, I'm not an epidemiologist, right, or, or a virologist, or a mathematician, or anything like that. Um, but I don't think there's any realistic prospect of the Delta variant just blown over and doing nothing. If you look at Scotland, for example, 
um, which has way more people vaccinated than us. Um, um, Scotland is now peaking in cases per day more than it did in its January spike. A lot of that is caused by the Euros, of course. Um, they didn't have a great Euros in terms of uh, on the football pitch to Scots, but they had great crack in the pubs and the bars and the restaurants cheering them on and gathering to do that. And there's been a huge spike in young men. Um, what we've seen in the UK in terms of the virus numbers is that there has been a dislocation between case numbers um, and um, illness and death. Um, and if that is maintained, um, and and if 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 uh, uh, you know if 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 it is shown that a, a normal functioning economy can cope with thousands of cases um, of of coronavirus per day because it doesn't make a lot of people sick um, and it doesn't cause an awful lot of deaths. Um, well then, look, I just, I think Ireland will just get on with it. I don't think there will be huge political fallout for the government. I think the political fallout for the government would have been much, much more, um, if they ignored Neffet's advice, um, and if it turned out that a lot of people got sick and died as a result. Um, just, I, I, I mean, just, just, uh, to, to touch on something that, that JP had mentioned repeatedly with regards to the hotels. Um, I think if the government knew that it was going to have to renege on the reopening of indoor dining on July 5th, I'm not sure that they would have, um, okayed the, the, indoor dining for hotels but that would have meant hotels would have had to stay closed i can understand why every restaurateur looks at hotels and indoor dining and uh, and, and 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 feels put out by it but shutting hotels now or, or shutting indoor dining which effectively means shutting hotels right that's what it means um, um because there's no point in staying in the hotel if you can't have your breakfast your lunch or your dinner um um that's not going to get another restaurant or bar reopened. Um, 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 I, 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 I can understand why they see it and, 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 and why they, they see double standards. Like the very first week, um, that weekend that hotels reopened, I actually went down to Galway, um, um and the weather was beautiful, JP, that weekend. It was the first weekend in June. Um, I was down in Galway, uh, down in Northern Moor in a hotel down there and I, I dined indoors. Um, and I have to say it felt quite space, uh, quite safe. It was a big, spacious restaurant. Um, and I didn't at any stage feel unsafe. But there wasn't a Delta variant um, um, swinging around in potentially huge numbers at that time, or certainly not that I was aware of or that any of us were aware of. Um, um, so I, how safe would I feel if, uh, uh, you know, if we were back up at January kind of daily numbers? I'm not sure I'd feel all that safe at all. It should be mentioned too, Mark, that hotels have remained open in the pandemic. Not a, not a whole lot of them, but um, hotels have remained open. So you do have to have indoor dining, don't you? I mean, uh, a lot of the Delata hotels, uh, for example, remained open with very small numbers of people. But it was to facilitate uh, frontline workers in many cases um, to be able to go about and do their jobs. Yeah, if a hotel is open, it's indoor dining has to be open. I mean, you can't just, if it's raining, when you're going to send everybody out into the terrace after breakfast in the rain, it's just not going to happen. Um, and so look, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's terrible for publicans and restaurateurs. And, and, you know, I tell you, a few people feel as bad for them as I do. Um, but I, I do think politically the government, um, had little choice yesterday, but to do what it did. Um, um, but it's, look, it's all about getting through the next couple of months, um, and keeping businesses, um, on life support and keeping them going. And then I think hopefully, um, everybody will forget about it but d- not to finish on a downer Kieran. but remember what's coming next after we get reopening in September or October, you know, August or September then we're heading into autumn and winter um, and, and I do think the public health authorities will start to get antsy again Yeah um, JP maybe just to close on this point how do you go how do you go about opening a restaurant like an ear uh, that's been closed effectively for the guts of 18 months how, how do you do that and you've no tourists yeah, oh, like you, you, it's kind of opening in the blind. It's almost like reopening again, like entirely opening a brand new restaurant and not knowing what's going to happen. And to a certain degree, that's what we were doing. Uh, I suppose Anir has, Anir has opened 10 years this year and it had evolved into a tourist dependent restaurant. 
that was fine dining. It didn't necessarily start that way. So I suppose you just have to go back to the drawing board and and you open up and you see what works. And and effectively, that's what we're ha- we're going to have to do, even in our other two restaurants. Um, uh, and I, I think there are going to be a lot of changes in in people's uh, attitudes towards uh, towards eating and and that. I think it's going to get more expensive. Uh, I think that uh, that that's just uh, um, the way it's going to be. I think wages are going to go up because I think uh, most most people most uh, um, workers are demanding more, <laughs> both because they've been out of work or because there are less chefs. Therefore, they can demand more. So I think that I I I, I wouldn't be surprised to see if if, if prices do uh, do go up. But um, yeah, look, we'll see. At the moment, I've just paused everything and we're 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 cancelling reservations and uh just trying to trying to stay um stay upbeat and and do a few um other other projects and that but i think that time is is the is the i suppose the the enemy of everything and it's just how long can we hang on i mean i mean personally as in in this kind of limbo space and then do i say look do i just call it a day and like the easiest thing for me would be to uh like economically would just be to close two restaurants and focus on one that would be the easiest thing i'm not saying that's what i'm going to do but uh, i could just say do you know what cab is the busiest restaurant um an ear doesn't turn a profit it's a labor of love let's just do that i'm not saying i'm going to do that but if we go into september we're closed we go back into the, the winter we go back into flu season we're still not open like we're paying full rent um in in an ear at the moment and we we have to make a decision and we're like we can't just leave it empty and just keep paying rent um in spite of in spite of grants so we may have a hard decision to make i'm also concerned about if we head back into flu season and we are used to this lockdown i mean how many how many lives is is enough or like i mean as someone mentioned i was thinking about sam mcgonaghy yesterday on the or two days ago mentioning like road traffic like we allow for a certain amount of deaths per year i mean who's to say that when we go into if we have a bad flu season will we always lock down hospitality now i mean that is that is a worry of mine like if we have a very bad flu season do we say the pubs have to close restaurants have to close it's only for four weeks like i think that stop start thing would would absolutely kill me and um I, i'm not sure how, how i deal with it okay well let's hope it doesn't uh, come to that jp mcmahon and mark paul thank you for joining inside business Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to JP McMahon and Mark Paul. The show was produced by Jennifer Ryan. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.